Hey, welcome to tonight's show. What a great day it is. It's beautiful 97 degrees here, but uh, it's good to be here. At least I have the air conditioner on behind me and all that good stuff. I hope you guys are doing well, too. My name is Charlotte, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. Uh, I am the owner, uh, operator of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. Uh, we are at www.californiahaunts.org. We're 35 strong up and down the state of California. And we are in Nevada, Washington, and or well, or Nevada, Washington, Oregon, and Hawaii. But anyway, welcome to the show. We got a great show for you tonight. Um, the the gal that, that's on, Michelle, she has the great experience of of of, of having NDEs and meeting angels and stuff. And this is not the first time I've heard that story. I have an investigator on staff who is also a sensitive, and she had something similar happen to her when she was young and it heightened her abilities. So I'm really eager to talk to Michelle about, you know, what, what happened with her and how that went. So, you know, without further ado, let's get this show on the road and let me click over the chat room in case any of you guys are in there and let me, let's get rolling here. Hello. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks for having me tonight. Oh, I'm really excited to have you actually. I'm excited like to I, be here. Like I said in the intro, I have uh, one psychic investigator that, um, I don't know if she met angels, but after after having her NDE, she said all her all her abilities just came just came rushing forward, mm -hmm. and that's why I was really you know when I heard you with the other guys, I was really interested in talking with you because, um, yeah, I guess it happens frequently. It happens really frequently. We um, what I've been told is that the evidence is about twenty five percent of people who've had near death experiences come back with heightened psychic mediumship type abilities. So it's pretty normal. When you think about it in the sense of you're going through something so extreme in that moment with your physical body and on a soul level. So it's not uncommon to come back with um, more information after you've touched the other side. Very interesting. So let's let's hear a little bit about you, get your background, and then we'll, we'll swing into what, what happened with you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I was 12 years old was the first time I noticed that I had mediumship type abilities. So my grandfather passed away and I'd get information from him. I would tell my mom and my mom would say, well, I know that's what you think he would say if he was here. But I was really sure this felt like this was happening and I could could tell what he was telling me. So I just learned pretty quickly, okay, this is between me and grandpa and I'm not really going to you know, share it with anyone because it's just our conversation. And, and that was fine. And so over the years from that age on, I would have knowings of other things, you know, kind of like precognition, an idea, this might happen, this, it doesn't look like it's going to go well, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I would say I never really expanded those. And then I had my first near death experience in April 2000. Interesting. What, what, what happened to I mean, get you to the point of the near death experience? Yeah, so I was in the hospital that day because my sister-in-law was having a baby. So I was already there and I was actually in the hallway talking to one of my friends from high school who was her RN and I had a massive seizure. So I had never had one prior to that and I have never had one since then. But what I remember is waking up in this beautiful white room and in this room, the walls were alive. Um, they looked solid, but it was as if every molecule was alive, radiating light and love. And as I open my eyes, I realize I'm laying with my head on my grandma's lap. And as I look up next to her, I see this probably 12 foot tall angel. And she was absolutely 
amazing. And I remember looking at my grandma and my grandma looked like the healthiest, youngest version of her that I could remember. And I was laying there absorbing this feeling of love, completeness. Um, we really don't have words in our human language for it because I will tell you in my, and I felt loved as a child, but in my whole life, I had never felt as loved as I did in that moment and in that place. So as I was kind of taking in my surroundings and what I was feeling, and I looked up at this angel, I was looking to see feather wings and I didn't see feathers for wings. I saw light and the light was iridescent and flowing and moving kind of like the Aurora Borealis. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it seemed to trail off into eternity. So I never really could see the end of her wings. It was like she was always there. And I remember looking at her, being in awe of her and thinking to myself, what is your name? And then I heard her answer my question in my head. She said her name was Madeline. And I was a little surprised because I didn't realize they were telepathic at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And so I was just kind of laying there, soaking it all in. And I heard them yelling, code, code, code. And I was back in my body. Wow. Wow. How did you realize? I mean, how, how did you know it was an angel? Um, oh, my goodness. Because the she looked similar to pictures that I was raised with. Okay? okay. So here's one thing I do know about spirit as a medium. They'll, the universe will always meet you where you are. So if mm -hmm. they had sent an ET with five heads and six arms, <laughs> I wouldn't have been resonating angel. But on some <laughs> other planet, they might resonate with that as an angel. Does that make sense? I would have been resonating fear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, so in that way, they, they sent me the energy in the way that my mind would understand it and I would feel comfortable. Because what I know is the universe is about love and comfort. And so and that, that's how I knew it was an angel because she she was what i expected minus the feather wings interesting because you know i used to read sylvia brown's books mm -hmm. and that's what she always said was that with the abilities that she had that she was only given the stuff that she could handle right and i believe that's true for all of us no matter where we are in life very very interesting so yeah. um you came to in the hospital and what happened after that yeah, so I came to and I was in the hospital overnight while they tried to figure out what caused the seizure. And there was never any conclusion on that. I really didn't feel like I had the choice to stay that time. I just felt like it was an awakening for me. And it actually took a couple of weeks after that before I even told my mom about it because it was so profound, so real, so vivid. And I kind of and I felt so loved and I just didn't know what to do with it. It was kind of one of these secrets that's so precious. You're like, how close to my heart do I want to keep this or do I want to share it? So it took me a couple of weeks to tell my mom and, and my mom was an RN. So she likes the scientific side of it. And, and honestly, she was a little bit like, Hmm, really, <laughs> you know, a little bit um, unsure about that, but she believed me. She just never had an experience like that. So I think she didn't know where to go with it. Interesting. So, obviously you thought about it for quite a while mm -hmm. in between experiences. What conclusions did you come up with? I just came up with, this was literally my connection to the angel realm and to see my grandma again, because I absolutely enjoyed seeing her, even though I don't have any recollection of us talking. Mm -hmm. And I remember my idea of this was I needed to know number one, how loved I truly was it's beyond any words we have here. And it's not just how loved I was, it's how loved each one of us is. And then the other thing was, it was like this awakening about, look, you are literally connected to the angels. Here's one right here. Here's her name. Ask her for help. She's on your team. That's incredible because I know I teach uh, basic psychic development. And one of the exercises we have is to go out of body and meet your, meet your guardian angel or, you know, or meet your spirit animal or, well, you know about that stuff, you know, yeah, or the, or the, or the spirit book or whatever. So it's interesting to hear you say that that you know, that, that you would actually meet, you know, one, one of your angels in an out of experience. Yeah, absolutely, and I believe we can all do it. I really do. Interesting. So that wasn't the first time this happened, though, right? That was the first near-death experience. The second one hap happens in April two thousand six. So that one is a lot more complicated. And that one I had had my son, my, I have three kids. So my youngest was my son and I had him about six weeks prior to this. I had multiple complications after I had him. So I would be in the hospital for five days on IV antibiotics. They'd send me home for two. I'd run a fever again. They'd admit me. So this is how those six weeks went. Finally, they said, 
we need to do a DNC and that's basically clear out the uterus. Maybe we left a piece of placenta. We don't know what, what the problem is. The night before I had this gut feeling that I should not go through with it. And the doctor said to me, you know, piece of cake, we do these all the time, 45 minute outpatient procedure and did not think I should do it, but I was so tired of being sick that I said, okay, I'm gonna do it. And so I went in the next day, once again, they all reassured me, piece of cake, gonna be fine. And I do remember counting backwards with the anesthesiologist and then being out. And the next memory I have, and let me just say this, I've had surgery before. And whenever I've had anesthesia, it's just gone. There's not dreaming. I don't have memories. I don't have, you know, I don't hear people talking. It's just, it's nothing. It's just a nothing moment for me. So while I'm under anesthesia during this surgery, I look over and I see my beautiful white shepherd named Tahoe, who was about a hundred pounds. She had passed away a couple years before this. Walk into the operating room, lay her head on the gurney, look at me, and we were gone. And we were on this phenomenal beach. And once again, this beach is radiating light, love, completeness, um, wholeness to a capacity I have no words for. And I remember seeing that the ocean, every drop of water in the ocean was alive. Every little cell on the leaf was alive. Every flower, I mean, just literally radiating its own light and love. And we're running on this beach and running and running. I noticed the sand, it doesn't feel like sand. There's no packing under my feet. It feels like I'm running on what I imagine clouds would feel like. And I noticed we run and we run and we're not hot. We're not tired, we're not thirsty. And I'm looking at her. Once again, she looks so young, so healthy. She's got an amazing glow. We're kind of having this telepathic communication. I can tell that she's missed me. I can tell she's happy to be with me. We're just enjoying this moment. And as we're continuing on at the same time, and this is where I realized that on a soul level, we are able to be in more than one place at a time. Mm -hmm. There's this piece of me that stays on the beach with her. And then I can feel my six week old son who was at home with my mom energetically scared because he knows I'm leaving. And I can immediately feel myself go to him. And he just, the energy was, there were no words. There wasn't a baby voice talking to me. It was this telepathic knowing of he's scared, I'm gonna leave him. And I remember, I wanna say I said it to him, but either way I communicated to him, I will find a way to stay, I'm not going to leave you. And then at that point in time, I started praying, asking for help, asking to be able to stay and saying that, you know, my kids still needed me, it wasn't my time yet. I remember at that point in time, operating room lighting up. I remember it was what some people will call the Christ light, um, which is not Jesus, although I felt like Jesus was absolutely there. There was nothing that he said to me, but I felt his energy there as a friend, not as a master and like bow down to me, I'm granting you one wish. It was actually really like just this loving friend. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up in the post-op and I look at the clock on the wall and it's been three and a half hours and my procedure was supposed to be 45 minutes. It turns out that while I was under surgery, the doctor ruptured my uterus and he missed my aorta by a millimeter. It was so close they couldn't wow. even stitch it. So they called in an emergency laparoscopic surgeon and while he was repairing the one, I got my uterus got ruptured again in a second place. So, it was quite the trauma for the body. And a couple of days later, the emergency surgeon came in and said to me, you know, you shouldn't be here today. There was someone watching over you. And I had no doubt, like I, I had seen it all happen and it was so vivid. Wow. For anybody that's never had surgery or any kind of procedure, you're, you're right. The minute you count, the second you count backwards, you're out and then you wake up. Yeah. And it's, over. And it's two, three hours later, you're wondering, Wow, you know, no dream, no nothing. It's just, it's just darkness. Exactly, yeah. And yet, this was so vivid and so yeah. real, and 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 I had never had that experience before. So once again, I come back with this knowledge, this knowledge of the other side, this remembering of how loved we all are, this this peace. And actually, what's really important for this part of my NDE is, is the fact that my soul, if my soul could usher in a miracle, I want to say everyone's soul can usher in a miracle. And I feel like 
as a medium now, spirit has told me, we humans call these miracles. Spirit calls them happening. When you are ready, willing, and ready to receive, mm -hmm. you can receive a miracle. Well, I was thinking, I, and I talked about this in another show, my father was in the hospital with pneumonia in, mm -hmm. in his 80s, and um, he told a similar story. Um, he didn't cross over, though, but um, he looked out the, the, the foot of his bed because he, he went into a cold blue, mm -hmm. and he saw a dog that he had raised uh, in the military, and he had brought it home from after World War II. And the dog came to him, and he walked towards it, and he petted it, and everything. And then the dog kind of looked at him, and looked at him as if to say, "Well, it's not your time yet. I'm going to go on, but mm -hmm. you need to go back." And that's what happened. He woke up after the cold blue, but he really vividly remembers going over and petting the dog and talking to it and stuff. So that's, yeah. that's fascinating. It is. It's amazing, and it's so comforting too, because I so often have people say to me, "What happens to our animals when they transition?" You know, and I'm gonna tell you. They're there. They're waiting for you. You know. I have a massive amount of animals. <laughs> boy, I'll tell you. Yeah. You know. Um, this is this is all. So, so how did you feel after all that? I mean, you, you had that new awareness because each time you went, you learned more and more. Correct. Right. Absolutely. And I do come back with a bigger awareness, maybe more connection in the mediumship realm, but I was still not ready to embrace it. And I had three little kids. So I had an infant, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And, and I just kind of, once I recovered, went back just into mom mode um, mm -hmm. and just kind of did what I had always done. And uh, not that I remember, didn't remember it. I absolutely did and do, sure. but I wasn't, ready yet on a consciousness level to embrace actually what I knew. Very interesting. And then, then it happened a third time. Then <laughs> it happened a third time. Yes. Because I will tell people the universe is always trying to get your attention. So pay attention to that, right? Because right. it can get your attention by tapping on your shoulder or knocking you off the ladder. And either way, it gets your attention. So make it as easy on yourself as possible. But my third near-death experience happened November um, 1st, 2011. And so the numbers are 11111. So mm -hmm. for all my numerology friends, that always gets them excited. And I was in my house at this point in time and my, my kids were uh, five, eight and 10. So my son was five years old and my younger two were home, the five and eight year old. I was up on a ladder in the kitchen and I have these candles up there that have uh, batteries that I put in there. And then every night they would turn on for a few hours, you know, it just looks yeah. nice. Right. So I right. said, as soon as I put this back up here, we're going to go get your sister to my two that were home climb back up, go to, to put it up. And I can feel the ladder shift. And I literally oh think boy. this is going to hurt. Like, I, that's the only thing I could think is, Oh, this is going to hurt. And the next thing I know I'm ripped out of my body, not in a painful way, just so quickly out of my body. I'm now facing my body and the ladder, which are suspended in the air. And I'm standing with these three people that I had never met. I didn't recognize them, but they felt like longtime friends, good family members. I felt like they knew everything about me. This is when I meet my life guides. And I actually had never even heard that word. So I didn't know I was standing with my three life guides. So it was two men and a woman. And we're looking at my body and the ladder suspended in the air. And I'm once again in this timeless space with all of this love around me. And they said, well, what would you like to do? Do you want to stay or go? And I'm just thinking, this is crazy. My body's going to hit the floor in less than a second. And I have forever to decide. There was no rush. It wasn't like, hurry up, Michelle, you got to make this decision. There was no rush at all. And as I was standing there, just trying to comprehend that I could take forever to decide and I could see my body, I saw this beautiful angel come in, not Madeline, a different angel. And it was on the other side of the ladder. And what I knew was this angel was there to either make things work out so that I could stay longer or to take me home. Like there was no doubt why this angel was there. And I remember standing with these people and they were kind of like, well, what do you want to do? And I see my two kids who are home in the kitchen and I immediately know, and things happened so fast. It was like, I was told a million things in one second. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want, I need to stay. I need to stay. My kids are, are young still. And at that point in time, I believe 
so many things came through like, okay, Michelle, you're going back, but there's more to life than being a mom. There's some, some things you've been ignoring here that you need to start embracing. We expect more of you. We expect you to help people. And this is in a way you're going to do it in your own way that you can do it. And, and you can go back, but you know, kind of we're done playing around. And so I went back and what happened was, as I fell, the back of my head hit the corner of my granite island in my kitchen. Mm. So I had a five and a half inch skull fracture, a brain bleed. I lost my taste, my smell, part of my hearing, part of my vision, my equilibrium. But I missed my brainstem by half an inch, which was wow. the part that kept me alive. Oh, my. Yikes. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I know. It, yes, but that half an inch. And I didn't, like, I knew it, but it took me, well, I was in the hospital for about 10 days. So it took me time to really realize, like, I had no doubt that angel moved my head half an inch. That was all it was going to take. That's crazy. So you weren't doing any psychic work at all. I'm sorry, me medium work or psychic work. Yeah. Psychics don't like to be called psychics. It's, you know, they're touchy about it. Um, yeah. You weren't doing any spiritual work at all up until after the third time, right? Right. Absolutely. I mean, I had information that I was getting, but I pretty much kept it for myself. And then the way that played out. So my son, who was five at the time, Mm -hmm. We believe he had tried to call 911, but his call didn't go through. So we thought, you know, he must have been scared. He dialed 991. We, you know, what? it didn't matter. My daughter's call went through. So that happened November 1st, 2011. So the end of January 2012, my son started getting depressed. And he would tell myself, my mother-in-law, my mom, I didn't do anything to help you. I didn't need to be there. So if he could have done it without me, we would say, but Josh, you open the door, you let the policeman in, and we we're trying to build him up. And we could right. not find the right words. So the end of January, my grandfather, who passed away when I was 12, came through to me in a massive visit. And you got to keep in mind, him and my son never even walked this earth at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. He comes in. He talks to me about my accident. He talks to me about my son being good with electronics. And he says to me, you need to get the 911 recording. There's something on there you should know. And then he's gone. And it had never crossed my mind that I could even get the 911 recording. But you better believe I hustled and got it after, <laughs> after I got that message, right? So it took a couple weeks to come in. It came in. And I played it and I hear them say, 911, what's your emergency? And in his little broken voice, I hear my son say, Sophie, what do I say? And then he lays the phone down. And for a minute and a half, they keep trying to get his attention. So his call had gone through, wow. but he called right when the trauma happened. So he had forgotten. So then you hear him tell my daughter he's going to push the panic alarm. And she says, hold on, let me go try to call 911. She hangs up and her call goes through. So at the end of that day, when he came home from kindergarten, I said, Josh, your call went through. Help was coming. It was like lifting this 10,000 pound weight off this little boy. Oh. And you just saw his self-worth come back in. And so at that point in time, I was like, okay, there is something to this. My grandfather just gave me a life-changing message for my son. I can no longer ignore this. I can mm -hmm. no longer pretend this is just me and my own little private conversation. And then after that, in the following months, I started getting really big visits for friends and other people I would know. And I was like, okay, I need to, I need to understand how to use this so that I can do it to the best of my ability. So um, I wanted to ask you to go back a little bit. When you talk about the, the, the three that you met, now that, that, that was a new description of, of, what they, of what those people, or what those things, I don't want to say things, but you know yeah. what I mean. What they those were life guides. Are. So, mm -hmm. so what are they exactly? I've never heard of them either. Okay, so life guides, I believe, as a medium now, what I know is that they are, um, mine look like humans. I don't know if everyone's do, but most of the ones I see look like humans because that's how we would relate to them in our human form, if that makes sense, right? Just like we're not going to get the angel with five heads and six arms because we're not going to think angel, you know? So, um, <laughs> so anyway, I... Um, so they were life guides. And I didn't know this at the time. I just thought they were these nice people who I felt like I had always known. But as it turns out, I have three life guides. So one is my main life guide, like the leader, the captain of the ship. And then I have two others that help him. And so they are really there. And it makes sense because I was given the decision to stay or go. So life guides help us 
pre-plan our life. I believe in pre-life planning. So I believe before we incarnate into our body, our soul sits up there and we're like, hey, what do you want to learn this time? Who, who do you want on your team? What do you want this to look like? And we make a plan before we come in. And so our life guides are the ones that help us with that plan. And throughout life, they kind of keep giving us opportunities to get back on track. Okay, okay, that's interesting. I was kind of thinking of the thing that your mom, you know, when, when you're growing up or your mom says, you know, you got an angel over here and you got this going on over here. Yeah. And so, you know, the conflicting stuff, you know, you, you, you know, to take your choices. Right. Right. And so it's my understanding too, from my connection with angels and life guides is that angels really come in to serve us in a sense of protect us and help us in different situations like that, keep us safe, whatever this is. Whereas the life guides really come in with like, Hey, 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 stay on point here. One of the missions that you wanted in this life, one of the things you wanted to learn, and they keep giving us these opportunities. So they're, they're much more a guiding force than the protecting force. That's interesting. You talk about the angels too, because I, I've, I've been to a car accident where I thought I was going to go over a cliff. And it was mm -hmm. interesting because you think you'd be at, like with you looking, you know, thinking, Oh my God, th this is going to hurt. <laughs> you know, yes. I remember thinking, well, I'm going to go over the cliff and all I could think about, well, it's going to be a hell of a view. And that was it. And then I was calm as could be. And so maybe, you know, the yeah. angels were keeping me calm or whatever. So I didn't panic. And that, and that, and that last time I didn't go, I didn't go over of course, but, they, you know, they, I guess they stopped me, but I'm just right. saying it's a calm feeling yes. that you get when you know something like that's going to happen. It's not like people think that, that it's going to be all traumatic because it isn't. You know, no, it's just the real calm comes over you. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, that's a great thing that you're, you're bringing up because I want to say this. I've had a lot of clients who've come to me, especially over the last year with all the COVID and all of these things saying, mm -hmm. you know, my loved one died alone in the hospital. And I, my answer is always this. No one ever dies alone. I don't care if you're in the middle of the Sahara Desert. We don't. And in those moments, you have your loved ones around you, your angels and your life guides, and you're never, ever alone. So yes, it might on the human level appear that way. On the soul level, in those moments of transition, that's not how that works. I can, I can attest to that too. I mean, my father, when he passed away in the hospital, finally, I watched him. His eyes were off to the right. He was, he was seeing someone off mm -hmm. to his right. And he was really calm and everything. And when he passed away, his eyes were the right. So he was probably his mother mm -hmm. or somebody was there. The dog here, I told you about the dog. Yes. I watched her. She was looking at the door like the day before. And mm -hmm. I was thinking it was my mom, you know, coming to get her because it was my mom's dog. Right. So I kept thinking, oh, mom's here. Cause she kept watching. She would watch right. over there all the time. Real, real transfixed watching. Yeah. Real calm, you know? So I right. believe that. Absolutely. And I apologize for calling you a psychic because I know some, no. some people in, in, in the business, you know, some like being a medium, being called a medium, some like being called a psychic. And you know what? It's, it's, for me, it's fine. I do psychic mediumship work. So I connect with okay. angels, loved okay. ones, life guides, and psychic information. So, you know, it's all out there. It's fine. <laughs> so you decided to, um, well, not decided, but you felt it was your, your life's path to, to do the work you do. So what steps did, did you take to increasing your abilities and or to, to start working on your abilities? Yeah. So I started finding, well, honestly, let me be really honest. It was really sure. hard for me. It was really hard for me. So I actually started going to counseling because I was like, um, my friends are worried about potty training and first grade math and I'm seeing dead people and they're telling me things. <laughs> so I didn't just, even though I wanted to embrace it, it was not my first instinct. Oh, I'm just going to embrace this and go with it. I was still struggling with it on this human level. You know, this isn't who I used to be. What will my friends say? What does my religion say? What do, you know, all the what if, what if, what if, and so I went to counseling. Thank God I got this amazing counselor who was like, what are you worried about? This sounds amazing. I think you can help people. What are you waiting for? And so it was also a divine moment, right? That I found someone who encouraged me that way. And so then after I had gone through this and I felt like, okay, maybe this isn't like a curse or, you know, I can handle this. I found a few people um, to mentor me. So I started mentoring because I wanted to find out from other mediums, like, how do you turn this on on demand? How do I hone it? How do I know I'm getting, you know, the information I'm getting? And so I followed and worked with a couple mediums for a few years. And then after that, I took a year to just practice on people. And I would tell sure. my friends, 
Let me read you, send me people I don't know, let me read them. And I just spent a year practicing because I needed to prove it to myself that what right. I was getting was real and right. accurate. And then after that, I was like, okay, it's time. And so then I started doing this professionally. Wow, that's, yeah, I just find your story so fascinating, you know, with the way you developed. Because I remember when um, I was first starting out ghost hunting and stuff, and I was having, well, I grew up seeing stuff at my house. So mm-hmm. I, I, I got the gift, but, you know, I just never really did anything with it. And when I started ghost hunting and getting around psychics, psych, psychics like to be around other psychics. It's, 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 like, it's like they end up attracted to each other. I don't know yes. what it is, but yeah. And things started happening around me and the, and, the, and the ghost team at that time thought it was funny. They were, they, they were like, don't handle it, do it yourself. So I was like, oh, okay. So I yeah. used to watch Sylvia Brown in the afternoons because I'm like, I got to learn something. <laughs> right. But um, you, you do, you, you learn to hone it. I, I, I don't do readings like you do, but mm-hmm. in a pinch I can go into a building and, you know, okay, it's a female. And I know, you know, yeah. Yeah. And um, my house is active. So it's like, I've learned to turn it off and turn it on, you know, for mm-hmm. negativity and all that stuff. But anyway, um, I, I understand completely what you're talking about because when you're trying to hone the hone hone your skills, the idea is to you know practice. And I remember somebody once told me that there's not really a right answer, you know, mm-hmm. when you're doing this stuff because because the, the pictures are coming so quickly in your head, mm-hmm. you know that 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 maybe maybe you had a similar experience you know the pictures are coming so fast and that's what people don't realize is, is when a medium is working this information is coming so fast at them that, they, right. that then you have to try and sort through it and put it together and stuff and that's why sometimes it looks like some, some mediums are fishing when they're not fishing you know because they're just trying to sort through is that right i mean you're just trying to get through the information that is true sometimes i feel like the information is just loaded on me the other thing is this is a great thing to talk about psychic and mediums Um, they don't all work the same way. So Mm -hmm. for me, my strongest ability is through feelings. So when I'm in reading, in in my human daily life, this doesn't happen to me. But when I'm in a reading, my information comes through. Like if you look at someone you know really well and you know exactly what they're going to say. I do hear words sometimes. I do see things. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I do physically feel things. But I'll tell you, I'm feeling the number three. I feel the color blue. So somebody will say to me, um, you know, oh, what piece of jewelry did so-and-so leave me because they want to test me or whatever. Okay, well, guess what that means? Here's the, the truth about this. I am energetically trying to fill a piece of jewelry, right? So sometimes I'll see something, but other times I'm like, okay, it feels cold. It feels, you know, rectangle. It feels whatever it is. So it's really, it is interesting. We don't all get our information the same way. And actually, they don't all communicate the same way on the other side either. No, and the other thing that really irritated that you know, I'm going to myself off my chest that I've seen going on over the years because I've been yeah. doing this 15 years with my team and everything. These people that want to test psychics, but what they do and the problem the problem with these people is when they put together a test for for one size fits all, right? Because you're right, you got not every sensitive has that same ability. Each one is you know each one has certain abilities. Just like on my team, I know I know which one of my sensitives have this ability and that ability and that ability. So then I'll, I'll send them in as a, you know, according to case, you know, what, what their capabilities are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so I know some mediums that hear words, like it's mm-hmm. people are talking to them all the time, but they might not feel the emotion with it. They're just right. telling you the words. Well, here's the thing. If your loved one on the other side is better at sending emotions than they are telling the person words, then there's a communication block right there. And so, mm-hmm. so th- yeah, so really realizing that. Now, having said that, there are places that certify medium, certified mm-hmm. medium. So I am a certified medium. You can find me on find a certified medium. And, and the way that that works is they do blind readings. So I would get told, log on to Skype at 11 o'clock on Wednesday. Black screen, I have no idea, man, woman, child, where in the world they are, and I have to start reading and just giving them the information I'm getting. And then after you do this five times, they go through, they score you, and they certify you. So there are ways to get, I do say, you should get somebody who either has good word of mouth from someone you know, or is certified in some way. Um, But having said that, I also know amazing mediums who haven't been certified by anyone, and yet I know they're very accurate. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like I know, it's funny on cases because it, depending on what the medium sees, I've had where my uh, where, where the person on, on the cases has walked into a wall, mm-hmm. and that's because she's seeing the um, he or she is seeing the building as it was back in like in the eighteen hundreds 
when right. there was a door there. And it's it's kind of funny to watch because you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not making funny. I'm just saying, you know. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I'm just so fascinated by your story because, like I said, you're not the first person that I've heard that had had an NDE and then come and then and then their their abilities were just just you know just huge afterwards. Yeah. Just huge. Yeah. So uh, you like you said you started doing get back on track. You started mm -hmm. doing readings on friends, and then what happened? Mm -hmm. And then I decided after a year of practicing on everyone I could practice on that I was ready to go professional with it. So then I started doing them, yeah, professionally. That's cool. So do people contact you or do you, are, are you, I don't, when people think of mediums, you know, you know what's coming. When people, when people think of mediums, do they think of the gal on TV walking down the street going, hey, you know, come on over here. I got a reading on you. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I do not do that. Um, they, they have to go to my website, michelleclair.net, and then book there. I don't walk around telling people. Now, if I have a close friend and I get a message for them, I'll text them, call them. Hey, I got this for you. But no, I don't. So that's the other amazing thing about psychic mediumship thing. I consider it like an old fashioned radio. Right. And so I dial it in and I turn the volume up and I turn it down. So people, one of the most popular questions is like, when you're in the grocery store, do you have someone next to you, their grandma coming through? I'm like, nope, I have my volume down. I never turn it off, but I have it down because I need to be productive in my life and live too. Right. I didn't just come here to be a medium. I still have kids to raise and other things going on. So, um, so being able to think of it as that old radio and this, you're tuning in. Okay, I'm tuning in to the dad channel. Okay, I'm tuning into the angel channel, you know, and so fine tuning it. But I'm always walking around like if my team needs me and we all have our own team. So our loved ones, our angels and our life guides, those are our spirit team that each of us have. If my team needs me, trust me, they'll get my attention. They'll let me know one way or another. But as far as walking around reading people, no. And it's really funny because I have friends that are mediums. And when we go out to lunch or out to dinner, I know people that know that know we're mediums think we're sitting there reading each other. We're not. We're like, hey, how was your vacation in San Diego last week? What's going on with this? You know? Do you have problems with shopping malls? No. Okay. Oh, I mean, what I mean is that, uh, let me clarify that. Yeah. People don't realize, the normal person doesn't realize how many relatives are around them at any one Right. Time. Right. And so I, I know, I, I know mediums that go to that go to shopping malls that really have to shut down because I mean, they're, they're, they're just so overwhelmed going in. Yeah. No, I, I don't because that's what I say. Like I turn that volume down on my radio and I go in because the moment I can't live my life as Michelle anymore, being a medium becomes unproductive because I do believe we have more than one purpose. So my sole purpose is not just to be a medium because I don't have just one purpose, just like you don't. We have multiple right. purposes. Um, and so everyone functions best when there's balance and all of that. So when I show up and I'm ready to work, boom, I am on. But when I'm at the mall, no, I'm really just at the mall. <laughs> I, I got you. Because yeah. I know I'm, even movies. Because mm -hmm. they like to go to movies. And what's funny, guys, is that I'm a horror. I'm not a big horror movie buff as much as I used to be. But it's funny how many of these ghost movies like the others, you know, yeah. movies like that, where the, go, the, the, the deceased relatives of people will go to watch these movies. And I, I think know. It's hilarious. I just think it's hysterically funny. It is funny. It is funny. So let me ask you this, because you're sure. into the ghost part of this, right? Sure. I've only had an encounter with one being that I would consider a ghost. So when you do encounter ghosts, what do you do next? Do you encourage them to go the light? Do you, how do you feel about that? We will encourage them to go to light, mm -hmm. pretty much. It depends on the situation. I mean, if, they, if, they, if they're, it's like, like my mother. My, my mother comes back and forth. She's crossed over, but mm -hmm. she comes back and forth to check on all of us. So I mean, right. if that's what they want to do, that's their thing. But if they're, if, if they're in a situation where they're drawn back here for, or they're stuck, you know, mm -hmm. because of something that happened, yeah, right. we'll, we'll work with them to, to, to go into light. Yeah. I've only encountered one that was stuck. Um, and that was at a, when I went to IONS, so the Institute of Noetic Sciences up by San Francisco. I went up there to go do a study uh, as a research medium. And we went, I took my oldest daughter with me and we stayed in Petaluma that night and we stayed at a hotel. And so we went in to drop off our bags before I did the study. I walked in and I'm like, oh, this place is haunted. And so I thought, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything to my daughter. You know, she's like 17, 16, 17. I didn't want to freak her out. So I just, we drop off our bags. We leave, go to 
to the study, go to dinner afterwards. And she says to me something like, well, mom, you know, the hotel's haunted. And I'm like, well, I, I did know that. How did you know? She's like, I can feel it. I'm like, okay. So we go back that night. Oh my gosh. Right. Cannot keep the thermostat above 65. It keeps dropping, keeps dropping, keeps dropping. I get in the shower. My daughter's in her bed going to sleep. So I'm like, I got to take a shower before I go to bed. Get in there, hot shower, lights on, everything's going well. And literally in the exact second, the lights went pitch black and the shower turned ice cold. And I saw, and of course I'm in like an unknown bathroom and I'm like, oh my God, sure. oh my God. And I'm freezing and whatever. And, and so very human moment for me. And then I see this elderly woman and I realize she's literally stuck between worlds. And she says to me that she's been here in this hotel for 50 years. Makes so sense. I was like, okay. So then I'm calling my daughter. I'm like, Ashley, Ashley. And she gets me a towel and comes in and, and I tell her what happened. And she's like, all right, well, I'm going back to bed. You'll handle it. I'm like, who does that? I just told you there's a ghost in our room. And she did. She laid down and went to sleep. So anyway, so then I go and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to sleep tonight if I don't get this you know, handled. So I start talking to this lady. I start calling in the angels. I start telling her it's okay to go to the light. You're going to be safe. I see two huge angels come in next to her and I'm seeing her from behind. She's elderly, hunched over, has a cane. She literally takes one step into the light. Her body becomes erect. She is strong, tall, young again, and she's gone. Wow. And it was amazing. That is one thing with old hotels. I have a rule. I don't use the bathrooms. <laughs> I don't blame you. Because that is like if you're going to have the most active places in the hotels, that's where they're going to be. And the reason why is because most of the time, they don't do the plumbing that's way down deep underground. Uh huh. But they'll do the plumbing that, that's further up. Plus, mm -hmm. it's water, which is a draw. Right. But you're getting, like, all that energy from, like, way back in the 1800s. Yeah. it's coming up through that plumbing. So uh, I always have visions, and this is crazy. I, this is just crazy visions that I have of sitting down on the pot. We're women. It's cool. We sit on the pot. Yeah. <laughs> and there's somebody in my face going, hey, hey, hey. Right. <laughs> You know, so yes. I try to avoid bathrooms and old hotels. Well, after that, I started Googling hotels before I booked them to see if they were haunted because I was, I was like, I'm not doing that again. That was good. <laughs> I have a question about you're turning your switch off. Somebody wants to know how you do that. Yeah. So I would say I never actually turn it off. It's like turning the volume all the way down. Okay. And so really all of us have this ability and we also have the ability to say with rules and regulations to your angels, loved ones, life guides, Hey guys, I'm happy to get information. Thank you for sharing that with me when it's appropriate. I'll give someone the message, but look, I need to sleep at night. And if you don't give me eight hours of sleep, I'm not doing it. <laughs> And it's really that simple. So I would say put in your mind or even write it on a piece of paper better because writing brings it into this realm, into this dimension. So I would write it down. Here are my rules. Like when I'm meditating between eight and nine in the morning, please give me all the information you want when I'm, you know, and just have that guides, those right. guidelines. Yeah, because it will help for me. My team knows they can always contact me. I'm always open to them. But as far as other people's loved ones, there are times and places that I'm open and ready. And there are other times where I've got to be Michelle. Sure. There's a, uh, a gentleman in the chat room says that he's been, I got to read this. I'm blind. He says for the third guy in a row, he's been tapped on the shoulder at like 245. He's been tapped on the shoulder at 245 in yeah. the morning or PM? Yeah, in the morning. And he's wondering what, who's tapping him? Yeah, who's tapping him? I hate to put you out, but since you yeah, no, out. that's okay. Does he have a grandfather figure that's already passed? Because that's the energy I want to go with. Okay, okay. So there's your answer, buddy. There's also something about the numbers two forty-five, so it could also relate to the second month of the year, February, the number two. Look at how those numbers play out for you, because he's making me feel like there's more to it. So it could okay. be February, April, and May. Maybe those are five significant months. Are your kids sensitive? Do you know? Yes, they are. Because yeah. it, it runs in families, doesn't it? It does run in families. And it's really interesting because my oldest one, 
when she decides to turn it on and use it, she's 20 right now. So she's busy being 20 and that's good. But when she decides to turn on and use it, she's going to be amazing. My middle child, my daughter, Sophie, she's a natural healer. Oh my gosh. She can literally, she's just a natural healer with the healing energy. And then my son, Josh, when he was so five after my head injury, when I didn't have taste or smell and I got tired of not being able to taste my food, I said to him one time, I said, Josh, when do you think I'm going to get my taste back? And I don't know why I said that just because I was frustrated, you know, and he said, he said, you need to pray about it more. And I looked at him. Here comes the word we had never used yet. I said, who told you that? He said, my life guide, Hanson. And I said, wow. what? He said, my life guide, Hanson. I said, well, what does Hanson look like? He said, he's about dad's height. He's got brown hair, brown eyes. We didn't know anyone with the name Hanson, first or last name or Hanson Street, nothing. It was not a word he had or name he had ever heard before. And so they all have their own gifts when they're really willing and ready to embrace them. I'm so excited for where they'll go. That's great. All three of them then. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah, I don't know if my family, I think I'm, I think my brother might have to give. I'm not convinced about my sister yet, but. Um, yeah. I think, um, here's the thing. I think everyone has the gift. I do. I just think it's a matter of tapping in and tuning into it and turning it on. The other thing is it's a little bit like math. So I will never be a physicist, but I can do all the math I need to function in my life right now. Right. So it's right. something that you can strengthen and grow like with the classes that you teach, but you will get to a certain level more naturally than others, but we can all grow it no matter where we're at. And we all have the gift because what it is, is a soul connection and soul information. That's it. And you've got that if you're here. And that's the thing, you know, in my studies as well, is that, you know, you're, everybody's born with a gift. And at some point, because of the way your life goes, like with, like with you, for instance, you got, you got married, had kids, your life just doesn't go that direction. You right. know, and it takes something to trigger it to bring that gift, you know, to, to bring that gift forth. Yeah. You know, can I share with you an experience I had last week that was amazing? Absolutely. Because this is about mediumship is truly soul to soul connection, right? Mm -hmm. So we can connect with loved ones who are nonverbal and have dementia or Alzheimer's. We don't have to wait for them to transition to connect. So I was doing a group reading. I had about 20 people there and I had a mom there with her adult son who was nonverbal autistic. And he, he didn't even look at me, which was fine. But he and I, it was amazing. I got the best information from him. And his mom was sitting right there to validate it. I said, he loves swimming in the pool. She's like, you're right. He did last night. I'm like, he loves dessert. She's like, you're right. He always wants dessert. And, you know, he wants a dog. She said, we're not getting a dog. You know, but it was just, we had the best conversation and communication. And, and he's nonverbal, as people would call it. And yet the telepathy and the communication is absolutely there. That's that's just incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. You're so fascinating to talk to because, um, you know, like I said, I, I have mediums and psychics on my team, but your outlook is different, and that's what's neat about it. It's neat, it's neat to talk to different types of mediums. Yeah, their outlook and stuff. So oh, you really feel you. That, that that those NDEs, well, that, that especially that third one, got you out of your psychic, we'll say psychic shell, so to say, because right. you know, obviously you had these abilities all your life, but you just didn't put them to work. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The third one was life changing. It was the point where I came back and I was and I knew more was going to be expected from me. And I knew that I could do it, even though I didn't know what that looked like. Right. Uh -huh. I just I knew. And and it was still scary. Like I said, where was my first stop? Counseling, not with another medium. I went to right. counseling, you know, and, and and it was hard because I was raised Catholic, um, which parts of that was was amazing because I felt like I always had help. I could could talk to St. Anthony, St. Francis, St. Right. I felt like I had this whole team willing to help me. So that part of it was good. But my mom was very fearful. My mom said, well, Michelle, if there's good, there's bad. How do you know? How do you know you're connecting with the good, you know? And mm -hmm. so there was that part of me, the human part of me that was worried about it. Interesting. And what, what about your husband? I mean, when you, when you went to him finally and said, hey, I'm going to pursue this, what was mm -hmm. his reaction? Uh, you know, it was really hard for him. <laughs> it was really hard for him. And, and I want to say I still feel like he struggles with it. He was raised Baptist, so he has a very hard time um, – adjusting to it and to um, 
to being, here's the thing. He knew me before. We've been married 25 years in September, right? So for the last 10 years, I've truly been a different person than I was before. But you can't go through what I've gone through. You can't have three NDEs and be the person you were before. Right. right you know, right, right. and so, so I think he does his best to support me. It certainly wasn't that exciting for him when I said, I need to follow this. I just wonder because, you know, um, the first thing people think, you know, when people talk about me in media, it's just, oh, my God, you can hear my thoughts. You can hear my thoughts. Right. Thank so you I'm for saying that. If that's, if that's what he thought was, oh, my God, she's going to be in my head. This is going to suck for the rest of our marriage. Probably. That's probably part of it. Because I will tell you, I went to dinner with my sister and some of her friends for her birthday. And at some point, one of her friends who knew what I did was like, kind of like, uh, are you reading me right now? You know, like a little like, and I was like, what? No, I'm eating dinner. But you're right. People think because I am a medium that I'm always like in their energy, reading their their thoughts or seeing who's around them. And, and it's just not that way. There's a little bit of that that I find invasive. And I'm like, look, if you want a reading, you'll find me, you'll book one. We've got this, but I'm not going to walk around doing that. But it was so funny because when you say that, that's exactly his thing. It was kind of like a little nervous because I was at the table and I didn't realize it's because he thought I'm sitting they're reading everybody that's funny it's kind of like when you run into your dentist and you're all shopping yeah right and the first thing you do is you're like you yeah, know i'm doing really good you know, nice to to you. <laughs> yeah you know right i had a friend who um was sensitive and uh, she would banish the ghosts outside the house mm -hmm. and she said it was funny because her husband would get really mad at her because they'd be you know relaxing in, in the bedroom i was just sit hot and then she would always get distracted because she had these windows that were up higher. Mm -hmm. And they were, and, and spirit kind of was, was jumping up and down to peer at her through the windows. Right. And she'd be distracted. He'd get so mad. He'd be like, well, tell them just to, you know, go away. This is too creepy for me. You know? Right. There's all Absolutely. kinds of stories like that. Yeah. They're You're definitely. so easy to talk to. It's fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I'm completely enjoying this time. <laughs> um. Have you ever like 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 you say with your family, you're thinking, "Well, she's going to read me." How does your uh, the rest of your family react when you said, "Well, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to start doing," you know, yeah. making, making money at this or whatever to help people? Right. How did that? Well, what was their reaction? Or did you find out that other people in your family were sensitive? Um, your family. Yeah. No. Besides my kids, no one really wanted to fess up to that. But I know it came from somewhere. So we'll just go ahead and leave that out there. Right. But I will tell you, my mom really walked that line as the good Catholic woman she was mm -hmm. of being fearful that I could somehow tap into evil with it. So there was and she was also a nurse. So she liked scientific stuff. So there was a little bit of, well, let me see the proof and let me right. see, you know, and then fear. So she had a hard time fully embracing it. My dad is amazing. Oh, my God. He's so on board. He's been so supportive and then my younger sister um she's like okay she's warming up to it a lot more than she was in the beginning my older sisters have warmed up to it too my kids are all in so now i find you know people and here's the thing not everybody wants to understand it because it makes them comfortable so i have to be okay knowing they don't necessarily want to know the details they just want to be like how was your day oh good okay good 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 that's all i want to know <laughs> don't tell me any stories just good good's a good answer right i remember my because i grew up catholic too and I remember mm -hmm. telling my mom I was seeing things in the house, and of course the family—you know how families are. Oh, you got a big about you got you got this imagination going on. Right. I took my mom on on a, not a ghost hunt, but a pre-ghost hunt before the prelim kind of thing to have dinner at this haunted uh, restaurant. Yeah, we pulled into the parking lot, and this is before she got because you know when people get older they they see more. Right. But this is when she was like around maybe in her early early sixties. Mm -hmm. We pull up, and she goes. There's children up there. And I said, yeah. what? And she says, there's children up there. I said, but no one lives up there. So she finally admitted that she too. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> too had the gift. 60, 60 odd years for her to admit she had the gift. But yeah. Right. She was funny, even even old, because I, I would be cleaning her up and changing her. And she'd say, that man in the corner is mad at you. Yeah. I'd be like, well, tell him to get out of the corner. Leave this right. Leave yeah. Mom, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. We only want happy people here, Mom. <laughs> it's just amazing how you know how some people, even though even though they have the gift, they don't want to admit it. 
Right, because there's a lot of stigma. And, and let's be honest, this is why it's important to get a certified medium or a medium that, because there has been a lot of damage done over a long period of time with people with false information, pretending to have this gift for you. It's not what it is. They're taking your money. They're giving you whatever they're giving you. And so really for a truly good medium, it's like digging out of a hole to just get to an even playing field to be like, no, I, I am who I say I am because there's been such a long history of that. Absolutely. And, it's, and, and I mean, they're, they're always out there. And you have to, like I said, the debunkers that, that the one test fits all, but they're always out there trying to find the, find the fake mediums that, that are out doing this. And, and the sad thing is, like you said, there's just so many. What right. do you say to the people that, like, have you come in contact with anybody that, that debunked a reading that you did or anything like that? How do you handle that? No, I haven't had that. Now, I've had a few clients come in who are really skeptical. And I'm like, I'm fine with people being skeptical. Just be open-minded. Like, I've never met you. And I've got your third cousin so-and-so coming through. And here's his name. You know what I mean? It's like, so I'm okay with people who are skeptical. Just be open-minded. I had... Um, you know, I've had different experiences where it, it is hard. So here's what our human side does. We say we make our pact with our loved one before they transition. And we say, I'm going to find a medium after you die. And I'm going to ask them, what is your favorite animal? And if they give me that answer, I'll know they're connecting with you. Okay, that's great. But what we don't take into account is mediums communicate differently. Your loved one communicates right. differently on the other side. And so it might not be as easy to get the image of a giraffe through as you would mm -hmm. like. But at the same time, that doesn't mean everything you heard wasn't valid. So you have to be open-minded in the sense like, okay, nine out of 10 things made sense. She didn't get the giraffe. She said elephant, but you know, or whatever that is. So, so go for the overall picture and the overall value. I do think that most mediums will always give you a hundred percent of the best of their ability. And what advice do you have somebody that's just realizing that, that, that their abilities are fairly strong? Yeah, I would say embrace it. Embrace it. Even if you never use it on a public level like I do, and you only use it for yourself, it will help you navigate your own life so much better and so much easier. So I don't feel, I think there are people with amazing abilities. They don't use them mm -hmm. in a public forum. That's fine, but I bet you they have amazing lives and I bet you their road is a lot easier because they know how to use their soul to navigate it. Now I have a kind of t a touchy question for you and I'm curious about. When you uh, do a read for some, for somebody and you find something dark kind of lurking there or bad news coming, mm -hmm. how do you approach that? Yeah, so um, I'll be honest, I don't really get bad news. Like if someone comes okay. to me and it's like, I want the date I'm going to die. I'm like, I'm sorry, you've got the wrong medium. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I can get an idea. Like, I think you've got about 10 years or 15 years, but I'm not getting like the date because I absolutely 100% believe in free will. And I don't necessarily believe those, thing are etched, those things are etched in stone. The other thing I would say is this. Let's say I get the energy that someone's going to have a car accident coming up. Mm -hmm. Because they believe I am who I am, and I am who I am, if I say to them, you're going to have a car accident in the next three weeks. I'm literally going to create the car accident because they're going to sure. say, oh, my God, she said I'm going to have a car accident. I am. I am. Today's the day. And then they wreck their car because they're freaking out expecting a car accident. Right. So I would never word it that way. I would say, you know what? Make sure you're stopping at all the stop signs. Drive carefully. Let's pay attention. And, you know, I mean, I would find another way to word it instead of bringing it in in a way that they're going to see as doom and gloom and destiny because I do believe in free will. And I know we have angels. And I know that even if I'm picking up on a car accident type energy, there's a lot that can happen between now and then so that that never happens. Do you think everybody can call on their angels? If they need Absolutely. Them? Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and people will often say, well, what's my angel's name? Well, sometimes our angel's names are almost tones or they're in a different language and they're not something that I can exactly bring out into this English form. Mm -hmm. But here's my inner, what I tell them about angels. Your angel is like your puppy. It doesn't care what you name it. It just is happy you name it and you're talking to it. And so, you know, so if we can't connect with the tone or a human English name that would make you feel better, then just whatever you want. Do you want it to be the smell of roses? Okay, call your angel rose. Do you want it to be whatever it is? Because your angel understands and is like, oh, thank God you've acknowledged my existence. And now I know when you're talking to Rose, you mean me and let's move forward. Interesting. You believe in past lives? Yes, okay. I do. 
because I know earlier you talked about um, uh, the the life choice thing mm-hmm. and about you know coming back coming back surrounding yourself with with, with a team. Yes, that, that would probably include people from your past life. Yeah, it could. So I do believe we also are in soul families. So I believe okay. we have, let's say, a hundred souls that we'd like to incarnate with. So whether mm-hmm. that is like you be the dad this time, you be the cousin, you be the bad sure. brother, whatever, <laughs> whatever <laughs> roles we're trying to, yeah, whatever the roles are we're playing this time. Um, you know, I do believe we have regular souls that we'd like to incarnate with. We do sometimes cross paths with souls from other soul families too, but I think in general, that is how, um, this works. And, and when you think of it in the scope of eternity, right, we're sitting up here in this amazing place. And at some point after maybe a couple hundred years, you're like, Hey, all right, well, this is great. What do you want to do now? Hey, let's go learn this lesson. And in the scope of eternity, a hundred years is the blink of an eye. And so our souls are saying like, yeah, I'll see you there in a second. You know, and we go in and we play what I would like to call it's like the video game of life, right? And it feels really real when we're in it. And yet our soul knows we're just learning and then we come back home. When I talk about reincarnation, this is how I see a soul. I see it as like a beautiful mosaic. Um, Or if you can see the picture behind me, see all the rays of light coming out of this one thing so out of this one center so what this looks like then is our soul is the mosaic or this this beam of light but each life would be a different piece on the mosaic or a different ray of light behind me all connected to the same soul so people will come to me and say i want to talk to my mom but i think she's reincarnated oh my gosh we're never going to get to her and i'll say you know what that piece of your mom that's your mom will always be there. If she has reincarnated, it's another piece and we're not going to be connecting to that. Because if I connected to your grandma in the life she had 200 years ago, you'd be like, I have no idea who you're talking to, (laughs) right? You wouldn't know. So they're always going to come through with that part that we resonate with and that part of them that you know will always be that part of them. Interesting. Another question I have too is I heard about reincarnation, that souls can choose what kind of life they're going to have here the the next time around like like let's say you were really wealthy in your first life everything went fine for you but 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 you want to feel the pain of something else so you you decide you want to come back with i don't know club foot or something i mean is is that is, is that what you can do yeah, I do. I do think you can do that. I think there is a body, mind, spirit connection that we come in to learn. But I also want to be really clear with this. I believe in free will and I believe stuff happens that wasn't in your life plan. I don't necessarily believe that everyone that was hit by the drunk driver in transition, that that was their daytime and the way they planned on leaving. I think we come back in and we have multiple exit points in our life. So we say, you know, if around age 19, things aren't going well, I might check out here at 32, maybe here. And we give ourselves exit strategies or exit points. But I do not believe that it's etched in stone in that way. Okay, cool. Oh, my God, this hour went by so fast. Yeah, it did. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I learned so much and your stories were great. and I, I just loved it. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed our time together. I would love to get you back on for another show at some point down the line if that, if that works for you. I would love to. Be a lot okay. of fun. Yeah, thank right. you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. How do right. people get a hold of you before, before we go? Yeah, go to my website, michelleclaire.net, and you can find out more about me there. You can book online there, um, see podcasts, other things I've been on. Cool. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You have a good evening. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Okay, guys, that was a great show. I know I learned a lot talking with Michelle and, you know, at least I got to share some of my experiences along with her and it was fun. I hope you guys had had some fun too. Anyway, um, tomorrow we are going to have Barbara Lamb on and Barbara Lamb is a uh, hypnotherapist, and uh, she's she's also was involved, I believe, with MUFON a while back, and, and, and UFO investigations, and and abductions, and all that. And she has done work with children where she has hypnotized children and, and done, done regressions and gotten information from them of their abductions, and they can describe in detail, you know, what the ships are like and and what the, what it was like for them in particular, because it's a lot different than the adult experiencers. So that's going to be tomorrow, same time, same place. My name is Charlotte again. I'm with California Haunts Radio. 
Uh, you can see our website at www.californiahauntsradio.com. I finally got it straight. And uh, as you can see, I'm running a ticker tape at the bottom. Uh, we, all, we run on donations. And if you find it in your heart to donate some funds to us to keep everything going and keep getting cool guests like, like Michelle, that would be great. Um, I'd appreciate it. And that's going to be at paypal.me. Let's see, at California Haunts. Let me double check it. <laughs> Let's see, I'm blind today for some reason. So it's going to be paypal.me at California Haunts, if you can do that. Also, check our check out our YouTube channel. We're looking for subscribers. Uh, the more subscribers, the better. And uh, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you didn't like the show, share it anyway. So anyway, thank you very much for uh, joining joining us, and we will be. I will be back tomorrow night with. Uh, let me get this going here. <laughs> it's one of those days. I will be back tomorrow night with Barbara Lamb, and hope to see you guys. Have a good one. <laughs>